0: Hi, it's Dr. Chelsea and today I'm sharing a conversation with two pro dance coaches and the founders of Cultivate Code, Sabrina and Amira. These women have a wealth of knowledge about dancing in the NBA or the NFL and I think a lot of our conversation translates to high school and college teams as well. We talk about mentoring professional dancers and why that's different, giving honest feedback as a coach at any level and the importance of coaching the whole dancer. We also cover finding your confidence as an NFL or NBA dancer, some misconceptions about what it takes to really be successful in the pro dance team world, and my favorite new topic, coaching your dancers to have a learning mindset. So listen in today for a great coaching advice from Sabrina and Amira. Hello to Sabrina and Amira. Thank you so much for joining me this morning.
1: Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. Super thrilled to be with you and just chat with you. Very, very excited. Thank you. Will you both
0: introduce yourselves and your business? Tell us a little bit about your dance journey.
1: So Amir and I are both um, the founders of the Cultivate Code. Um, We started about a year ago. In addition, we have a lot of um, experience in the dance field. I coach in the NBA, so I coach for the Golden State Warriors. It's my 15th season um, coaching in the NBA and um, danced also previously in the NFL for eight seasons. So definitely have a love and passion for building dancers and building teams um, as a family unit.
2: Yeah, and then uh, I previously danced for the Phoenix Suns first season, and then I danced uh, on Sabrina's team for seven seasons and then assistant coach for three seasons, and um – you know, we we started the Cultivate Code because we saw that there was a gap in the industry of being able to support dancers and mentor them of like what it takes to be on a pro team, not just prepping them for auditions, but how to be a good teammate. What are the skill sets that people need to thrive on a team? And so that is what we started, and what we're
0: here to talk to you about today. And we're we're super excited about it. Absolutely, I love the mentoring side because I I feel that too, and it's something that. There is a lot of information on in the pro world, I think, about how to make the team. We're like, that's the focus, is how do we get you there? And then you get there. It's like, that's that was step one. Now what? <laughs> and we're, we're, there's not a lot after that, right? So uh, will you, let's talk a little bit about that. Why the mentoring piece and what does that look like?
1: Yeah, I mean, our approach is, like you said, I think there's a lot out there to prepare them to actually you know, what is the focus to make a team? What is your outfit? Um, You know, how are you going to get through round one, round two, round three? But the reality is it is a big, big jump because these dancers are in their early 20s to 30s and they're trying to find themselves. They're diving into their careers for their first time or they're in school and working. And how do you, Time manage that with being a professional dancer and working for an NBA or NFL professional team, that and all the all the intricacies that are required of you from practices to routines. So it's really focusing on how do you step into those shoes once you make a team? What is your mindset? How do we build your confidence so that when you are around all this talent that it doesn't pull you down, but it actually lifts you up and you share the beauty that is within you and you learn from the beauty of the the dancers that are around you. And that's like a lot of mindset work, which I appreciate that you do in your your world. Um, but that's like the foundation for us. It's not just, hey, put on a beautiful outfit, and get out there and dance. It's like, how can we cultivate these dancers holistically as people Professionally and as performers, and that's kind of the way we're really like focusing on the curriculum that we're building up.
2: Yeah, yeah, and just to expand on that, um, I, I believe, like from my opinion, I am the person I am because of the program that I went through with Sabrina. Um, And we were talking about this, Chelsea, before we got on. Of it's, uh, we have mini camp where it's a huge training on who you are as a person, how you show up publicly. Um, how is it that you ha- are the first person to say hello in, at a, a promo, being a good teammate, being on radio visits, appearances, all those different things that are, are not dance skills that you're never taught mm-hmm. um, as a dancer. I, I grew up as a competitive dancer. I'm like, okay, oh, well, cool. technique, jazz, hip hop, like whatever, throw it at me, I'm good. But it's the, the life skills that are super important to be able to help you thrive on a team and be able to um, have longevity on a team as well. And so th- that is what we're bringing, almost not to the masses, but to dancers who want to invest in themselves and find value in personal growth. Because you have to be able to have a growth mindset to in in our space in in, in the program that we have created to be able to excel. And, and want to be on that team. Like you could go through a pro dance career and not wanna grow and just be on the court and dance and, and have your sisters there and, and, and that be it. But if you wanna really be able to embrace the program and thrive, that's where that next level comes into play of being that professional athlete who strives to be better and grow always.
0: We just so align with what we're doing. I love this so much because it is so valuable to talk about actually the whole dancer, the whole person. And I think pro is a totally different phase and a unique piece to that. Like I we talk about a lot with high school. There's a lot of, you know, identity work and who am I and figuring that out in high school. You keep doing that in college. But speaking even, you know, academically, developmentally, very few people have a full sense of self by their early 20s. Most of us spend our entire 20s and beyond trying to figure that out. And so I think the pro dancers are still in that phase of who am I? How do I want to show up? So is that the big piece that you think is different in mentoring pro dancers? Or what's the big shift why mentoring for pro is so different from high school or college dancers?
2: Yeah, I think there's there's that lens which will be coming into our new programming later down the line in, in, in the year. But where we also from a mentorship side differ is that like you're when dancers work with us, they get the direct feedback that they're looking for. That when they're going through the audition process, they don't there's too much going on from being on the side of judging and going through the process of auditions. That there's so much going on that you dancers will reach out and they're like, Hey, do you have any feedback? For me, I was number 127. We can look back through our notes, but we're not able to fully delve into like what they need to do and grow as an individual. And so the mentorship for us in um, our current programming is really giving them that direct feedback of, hey, if your goal is NFL or NBA or like semi-pro, here are the things that we see in you that are really great, and here are the things that you need to work on to be able to get to that level and get there further faster.
1: Yeah, and it's not its not scratching the surface for us because we've been around teams and building families for so long. I love what you said. Like these are – you're influencing lives at the end of it, right? Mm-hmm. Influencing lives. So how can we build that confidence now before they even make a squad so they show up and they shine bright at an audition, but they feel – like they're shining bright even once they make a team because you look at your team and you're like, oh, she's so beautiful. And you start to think about it. You you need to focus within and and your own beauty and what you can share. So for us, it's like it's twofold. It's, It's giving them the direct feedback so they can show up as a performer, but it's also letting them build their confidence. So once they make that space, they can confidently grow as a teammate, as an individual and not And and to me, like when you see that family build, that's when you feel that chemistry on the quarter field. It's so undeniable. It is so magical. It is, they show up for each other. They show up for, you know, themselves. And I think to us, that's what we want to build is the technical side of dance, but also that, that inner person um, now, because we're also seeing how it's affecting the squads that we're, we're, we're working with now and the experience that they're having. And so it's become a, a sort of a passion project for us because at the end of the day, like, look, we're not going to always be in this industry, but for us, we are passionate about making sure we leave a positive stamp, just like you, you want to leave a positive influence on these people's lives, not just as a coach, making them dance and perform, but like, you know, it's that feeling is that undeniable chemistry um, and that confidence that they have with one another and that trust that is where true beauty is with the team, I think, personally.
0: I love that. Oh, that is very well said. I would love to dive into the confidence piece to that a little bit because I think on the outside, you look at these dancers who have made it to that level and they just exude confidence. But that's not necessarily the story, I think, of what's going on inside. And then to your point earlier too, I think um, that you – now you've made a team with a whole bunch of other dancers who are at that level. And so now you have this kind of different comparison game of now, oh, everyone is talented and beautiful and can, do, you know, can perform at this level. So do I measure up? So will you talk a little bit about confidence? Do you still see a lot of struggles with confidence at the pro level and how, we, how you guys support your dancers that are struggling with that?
1: Well, I love why Amira named so it came from her. <laughs> Learn Clean said um, our revamp is called Clean and Confidence. Um, I think because we've seen that storyline from the dancers trying to make the space, and once you even make make a team, absolutely, I think um, you do see that, and it's it's mind blowing because you're looking at these athletes that are so talented, that are so beautiful, and you don't re- like you can't even fathom that they would have to deal with, you know, figuring out how to build themselves. But I think to your point, they're in their their 20s. And thinking back in my 20s, you're, you're thrown out into the world, you're graduating from college, you're in school, and you're trying to figure out who you are while you're around all these magnificent people. So I think there is a lot of mindset that work that has to be done. And I think For us, the way we were building our program is trying to give them these basic tools and like dive into the understanding of the intricacies, not just of them as a person, like we'll have mindset work in our curriculum, but what are the basic foundational tools so that they are comfortable as they're learning the ropes to go into pro dance, they're speaking that same dance vocabulary and not feeling so lost and overwhelmed because they're already dealing with so many things as a 20, 30 year old, you know, so it's like, how can they learn these tool sets now from a performance and a professional standpoint so that once they make a team, they they're they feel a lot ready than being thrown in a fire um, and having to learn how is the professional space ran? What's formations? How am I learning all these routines? And I need to be confident with these women next to me while I'm learning who about who I am. And I think it's really just like taking a step back and and building them up now so they can be confident or understand their emotions or feelings and how to tackle things. Um, as a professional dancer and just set them up. Basically we wanna set everybody up um, to successfully f- like enjoy their experience versus feeling so overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that they have to, you know, the amount of practices, being on time and, and having to balance school work and being at a game four or five hours before um, call time. So there's just so many things that you have to think of um, prior to make them feel successful once they get there. And that's like our focus, right?
2: Yeah, and to expand, like, I think when aspiring pro dancers watch a video or a court performance, they put dancer, the, the current dancers on this pedestal of like, oh my gosh, they achieved this thing. But we talk about this all the time of it takes 10 hours at least for one routine to be successful and dancers outside of the like bubble don't necessarily know all the work that comes in and girls question themselves or dancers question how like getting constructive feedback like they like oh it's a continuous conversation of hey we're in your corner whether you're part of the cultivate code or part of our program for the dance team we are in your corner and our goal is to make you look amazing on court that way when you're looking back at film or you're watching a recording 20 years later that you feel good about what you put on the court but that, that all that work that the work that you put in as a team helps you build the confidence of hey I'm showing up as my best self but that also takes a lot of personal like diving into like who am I how do I show up and how do I add value to my teammates um, and it, it's a constant, The confidence piece is never like not a work in progress, I don't think, because there's always something that we can work on. But I I believe that um, from what we've seen with dancers in this past year is that them starting to invest in themselves earlier on helps them build confidence in the pieces that they didn't know that they needed to know about. So then they can show up confidently walking side by side with their their sisters going into auditions and say like, hey, I'm ready to crush this. So then I can tackle on the next thing that's going to get thrown my way that I didn't know that I needed to have that confidence for almost. Yeah.
0: So much of confidence comes from preparation in every way and being able to take the time. I love that you're giving that to the people you're working with and your own dancers, that it's about that preparation to know how to handle it. And I agree, Amira, it's never done. Like even, you know, however many years we've been working on this and we are all adults now of looking back, I wish I was more confident then, but it doesn't mean I'm perfect now. Like there's always still more to keep doing. You were both starting to touch on uh, feedback and like giving constructive feedback, both that your program is able to do that and then how you as coaches do that. And a lot of the... Uh, a lot of our listeners are coaches or teachers in the studios. And I think giving good constructive feedback is one of the biggest challenges, like how to do that without crushing confidence, but also, you know, pushing our dancers. Like I believe in you and I see more in you. So will you share some of your philosophy about feedback or what that looks like for you guys?
1: Yeah, I'm very direct. Um, And I, I think I've just learned, it's weird when I was on team, I was like the most, I am super positive and that's how I am. But like, I, wouldn't, I was always, you know, like when I'm on the team, I'm like, no, I'm not going to say anything. But I, I've learned as a coach to really push a dancer and you just have to, one, you have to be real. You need to be real. You yeah. need to establish trust, right? Um, and explain to them like, this is coming from a very loving place. And I'm only giving you this feedback because it's you don't want to stand out by yourself, you want to be blending in and you want your personality to stand out, but you are a part of a team. So you need to look like a unit. And so it's having that discussion of where is, where's my mindset? So they feel comfortable why we're giving them this feedback. And that's whether it's with the Warriors or definitely with Cultivate Code, because I think at the end of the day, people are thirsty to know where they're at so that they can grow. Right. Um, so I think it's how you approach it, how where you're telling them genuinely where it's coming from and how, and how you communicate that to people. You can communicate something that's the same exact words, but what is your tone? What is your intention? And how, how are you backing that as a coach? But I think sometimes in the beginning of my career, I was afraid to give that feedback and that never helped my teams grow ever. So I've learned to, you know, and time and place. You don't just like, you can call people out depending on what this, the communication is, but if it needs to be something that's a little bit more heavy or really direct, you want to pull that person aside and have that one-on-one conversation so they don't feel threatened that you're, you know, you're calling them out in front of their whole squad. Some easy things like, "Hey, your head is off." That's easy that's an easy, or your body needs to be at 45 or your cinnamon rolls are off, or you need to be a little bit more textured. You're hitting it too hard. That's easy, constructive criticism to give Mm -hmm. a person. But if it's something that you're like, okay, we need to do a deeper dive, then you need to have that one-on-one time. So they feel like they're in a safe place. It's ultimately making, for me, it's about giving them a safe space to grow. And I love what you said. It's preparation too. It's also, you don't just get like, you don't just become good at something, you wake up, you're good at it. No, like my kids always think, oh, I just, I can dance now or I can skateboard now. No, you have to put a lot of hours before you fall off that skateboard or actually understand how to do a pirouette correctly. Um, so it's it's giving people like, hey, it's okay to be patient. You can't run until you walk, until you crawl. It, it's, you have to just have a plan so that you can follow that plan and get to the goal that you want. Um, and giving them a safe space. Sorry, that was, I went off on a tangent. <laughs> no,
2: it's great advice. Yeah. And I mean, it, there's multiple levels of feedback that Sabrina touched on for the way that we operate our teams and, and TCC is that like everyone, the goal is for everyone to dance as a cohesive unit. And we would be doing them a disservice if we did not give them that like real time. Quick feedback of like, hey, let's all get on the same page here, and and we'll we drill this, and we can talk a little bit deeper into this because what we've done is we've taken how we run our our, our programs, and we've we've brought the signature process into cultivate code for our programming that we're we're laun- relaunching in in February. It's called Learn Clean Set, and it is exactly what you need to do to take a routine to make it court ready. And that's like the bread and butter of how we give our feedback to our dancers mm-hmm. of that quick time. Hey, we're all of our, our chests need to be the corner and like you're facing it a little bit more forward. And, and it, and it's, you as a coach and um mentor you shouldn't be afraid of telling your dancers what they need to improve on because they like Sabrina said they're so thirsty for it and they want to be like I like to say that most dancers when they're in a room like are pretty type a I I would like to assume that and so like we we are those perfectionists we want to be the best that we can possibly be and so as a mentor as a coach of who you are like you are not doing your team justice if you are not giving them that feedback because that is like why like one of the main reasons why they are wanting to dance to be the best that they can possibly be. Yeah.
0: That's so important. It took me a long time as a coach to figure that out that like it's you are actually doing them a disservice if you don't communicate that. But I think it circles back to what we said at the beginning about what is the value you add? And as a coach, your value is in your ability to help them. And if you're holding back on that or you're afraid to be real, you're not adding what you, everything you could be adding. I think that's an important piece of knowing who you are as a coach that continues to evolve. And as Sabrina said, you become more direct as you started, as you evolved. And we, we I, I did too. It had that same kind of like, I'm not helping anybody. If it's coming from that genuine place of trust and I care for you, then direct works. hundred um, percent. Yeah. I want to shift gears a little bit to talk about some of the misconceptions in the pro world because I think that is one that feels a little like there's a lot, there has to be a lot of misconceptions about it because it's feels like it's a little behind a closed door. Like we don't really know unless you're in the club and what big misconceptions do you see in the, in the pro world, like broadly. And then with the dancers that you're working with and trying to help them, like when they come to you and say, I want to make a pro team, but they are. You know they're misled in some way about what to expect or what it's really like, yeah,
2: I think um for me, the biggest thing is that it's so much more than dance like and and that is where this program really stems from is that it is it is just dance is one piece of it i've I've had teammates who uh, were mainly Polynesian dancers or had like never taken a studio class, and then I was through and through a studio dancer since the age of three. And so it, it, is, it is your dance skills, but it is you as a performer and as an entertainer more so than you being able to do a perfect double pirouette and land it and stick it. Are those fundamentals that need to happen for you to be able to successfully be on a team? Yes, but performer and entertainer for thousands of fans is one thing, but then also like who you are, again, as a person, how you show up, are you a reliable teammate? Um, and and what can get you through to round one, round two, round three, it's not going to be what gets you through the interview or um, if you do training camp and how you consistently show up and having that growth mindset. Um, and also your social media um I like there there's just so many layers within making it onto a pro team that it's it is just way more than dance Yeah.
1: yeah and I think there's a misconception I think it's changing I think pro dance has significantly changed since the start of when I danced to now coaching for 15 years in the NBA I think there is still a stereotype that we're we're breaking as dancers and as coaches of oh they're just wearing sparkly outfits and they're out there just shaking it when the reality is these dancers are athletes the coaches I mean you know Toya like there's some people I like some organizations and some of their coaches like the Nets um Chrystia, like I feel like our program's strong like a lot of strong programs where they're constantly thinking about evolving not just the dancers and making it a beautiful world for them to succeed, but what is sports entertainment leveling up sports entertainment. And I think it is shifting. Um, but I think really understanding that this they're athletes, this industry, you're dealing with athletes doing a minute plus, or if you're in a competition, (laughs) many minutes, that takes a lot of energy time, cardio practice, um, determination and so i think it's really like talking about them as athletes talking about these dancers holistically so the general po- general population can go wow this is like these people are incredible they're lawyers and doctors um they're business owners and they're putting so many hours into their their craft right and so i think that's a beautiful shift that we're seeing but it it's still out there i would say in the general um population. I think a lot of people are trying to make that shift for people to understand that dance is, it's a serious, serious, serious field.
0: I agree. And I feel like it is starting to shift and we're seeing dancers as athletes and as more and more people are using that word and just discuss like they are, they train like athletes. And respecting them as athletes is starting to shift Uh, but then we also have you know at the time of this recording the Super Bowl is coming up and you have all the press around how those dancers were asked to dance for free in the halftime show of the Super Bowl and there's this like okay clearly we still don't quite value what sport entertainment truly is and but I agree it's it is leveling up and it's getting better but progress I guess but we're not there yet
1: no I feel you but I think it's it's educating like being on podcasts like this I mean Amir and I are like you I can feel it like we're we're gonna scream it from the rooftops uh, to everybody in the world about how how beautiful this industry is and how much work goes into it you know I think we have to be the trailblazers all of us that are passionate about it all of us that see it we have to educate people and you know I feel blessed that we are doing cultivate code to educate the next generation I feel blessed with warriors that they allow us to use our social platform to communicate the beauty within our teams not even just what they do for their backgrounds but their cultural backgrounds and talking about things that really matter um, to show th- that these dancers are they're they're well-rounded and they're multifaceted and they're they're diverse you know so I think it's it's people like us that are going to have to just communicate it and educate people. And, um, you know, and Hey, that, that's just part of, part of the gig. But I I think more people that get to know, you know, people that are part of the industry, they are blown away with how much work goes in into it and and start to really respect these performers and dancers, which is, is beautiful.
2: I will say that like, it, it starts with the dancer's mentality, right? It, it's mindset of like, hey, I, I am an athlete. Like, I think that so many dancers l- like linked with confidence is like, oh, well, I just, I do this thing on the side or like, I'm a dancer, but I also do these other things that um, might be highlighted in society as more like, not appropriate, but like, higher, in a higher regard. Whereas like, Hey, I'm, I'm a dancer and I'm an athlete. Like that is the conversation that we should be having and squashing any conversations of like, Oh, cool. Like you just flip your hair and you show up in a, in a cute outfit. Actually, no, we, we practice like any given routine that you see on the court, we practice for about 10 hours. Whoa. Okay. That puts it into perspective of like, okay, if you have two routines per game, you're putting in 20 hours per game and there's 41 home games, not including pre and postseason for the NBA schedule. That's a lot of work that has to go into it and shift like shifting the narrative and showcasing who we are as dancers and professionals and uh, like the working professional or student. And so like as much as we can empower these dancers to consider themselves athletes and have the confidence to change the narrative as they're having conversations with one individual person, that is where the impact can really be made. And like one person at a time, we can convert them over to being seen as, a, a, in a different light.
0: Yeah, so true. Language is really powerful. And the language we use to label ourselves, as I am an athlete, and or putting people put just in there, I'm just a blah blah, you know, and just shifting what that does to your mindset. Uh, you're so right, but just I love that we can have more of these kinds of conversations and using things like social media and larger platforms to be able to highlight the human behind the dancer on the court and what they can contribute, and that's a big piece to this. Let's let's talk about auditions. I think that you. You know, preparing for a professional audition is, I think, probably stressful and overwhelming to a lot of dancers. But I know it's an area of expertise for you guys. Will you talk a little more about what it takes to make the team? What do you do to help your
1: dancers in Cultivate Code who really want to take this next step? I think, well, before we talk about Cultivate Code, I think a misconception of because you don't realize you're an athlete, and I was guilty of this, is one month before I'm getting prepared for auditions. When that's not the reality, um, I think that's where cultivate code really kind of jumps in and talks about like it's it's pre- preparation, like you said earlier, and it's a lot of practice. And so for us, it's like cultivating them now so they get to an audition process and they're around everybody else that only prep for one month, but they show up confident because they're like, I've been training, I'm I'm learning routines at a higher level, I understand when I'm watching a choreographer, like we talk about like learning mindset, don't just learn a routine and the choreography and moves that, you know, comfortable to your own skin, because that's how you have learned a style or a movement. But what is, what is the choreographer trying to showcase in their choreography? What is the music? What's the storytell telling in the music? What do you hear in the music when you're doing it? Because that affects the style of movement that you're going to be projecting as an artist, right? And so it's doing all that work now and understanding, like Amira said, where's your 45? Where's your cinnamon rolls? Like, are you flat back? Are you, you know, all those intricate details now so that you can get to that audition and really shine bright and show your confidence because you've been doing all the legwork prior. Because ultimately, when you get to audition and there's hundreds of people, how do you stand out? How do you stand out? And uh, it's it's these little details that you take along the way from practicing that allow you to stand out when it's, when it's competition time. Yeah. And I think every team that a
2: dancer is going
1: to audition for is completely
2: different. And so you might want to audition for your home team, but the style might not be a match for you because you are super hip hop based and they are... Um, more jazzy or novelty style. And so doing your research and seeing, and and being um, picky with what team that you are almost offering yourself to, to be able to make sure that you're putting yourself in the best light. So doing your research of what style is the, the team doing, what's the coaching staff like, doing the prep classes and making sure that you're in there, But really, really diving into what is this team embodying and is this the right fit for me? That way you can show up and and feel confident in the program that you're investing your time and energy to, and being open to multiple teams, not just where you are located or like feel like, oh, it's my hometown. I really want to be on this team, because there are amazing opportunities to be able to be had if you are open to new areas. Um, and so research is a super important thing that we touch on in, in Cultivate Code of really knowing where you want to be and what the organization is like um, and how the dance program is run. But also like that, like Sabrina said, that prep time leading up to it of what style and, and submerging yourself in Kind of that realm to be able to showcase. You want to blend in, and you want the judges to think that you are a veteran. That's how you stand out. You stand out by making yourself look like you were already on this team, and they have no idea that they're what you have never been on the team before, right? And so, being able to do that, you have to put in the effort, and you have to put in the practice. Oh, quite a long time beforehand to be able to set yourself up for success for
1: that audition day. And I love what Amir said about uh, learning about other teams. We also with Cultivate Code try to expose them to other coaches because that's important, right? Like uh, some people you're going to connect with more than another person. So we, we try to have like um, free events where we have other coaches come into the space and talk about their program. And we laugh, like one of my dearest friends with Portland, like, she's like, I love tattoos and you're like piercings out. And I'm like, I would die. And she's like, I know, like, but it's, it's, it's those like little things, right? Like I joke around, like my husband will never make my squad because he's fully tatted, but she's like, (laughs) you'd make my squad. You know, it's, it's so it's, there's that professionalism and that team mentality, but There are little different things that every brand wants. And so it's also exposing them to those, those different mentors and different programs that we're also is important to us as well, because it's not this, there's so many ways you can go about your professional dance life. And we we can't say we're the only way we're just here to provide tools and a better mindset to build confidence. But ultimately our goal is to let these dancers feel out and really dive into a space that feels confident, comfortable for them and who they are as people as well.
0: Yeah. I think the mindset is such a big part of that. And you, you touched on learning mindset, which I think is interesting and something we haven't really done before, or I haven't really talked about before. So I'd love to go there about like, what, what does that mean to you and how you try to help your dancers?
2: Yeah. I think for learning mindset there, when you, when you've worked with a choreographer before, so like Shandon for example I know what I'm getting into when I'm going into a choreography session with Shandon. If you've never done that before or you don't have the right mindset on of of how am I going to best approach this routine in it could be a jazz or hip hop routine and you have to have a different lens on like how you're learning for each of those and how you're going to execute it based off of the musicality it all bubbles up of okay learning I'm not just going to learn the movements. I am going to take the the music that the choreographer has selected and I'm trying to storytell through that movement that they have added to this choreography. And so it's a complete instead of just showing up as a blank slate of all right, teach me the routine, let me let me do execute it. How can you best do the routine justice to be able to make it a performance and entertainment piece on the court
0: that feels like an aha to me of like i feel like even high school coaches need to talk about that and they don't and uh, or i i don't hear it often right of talking about how it's not just learning the motions it's learning the the deeper qualities to it learning the choreographer's intention um and i think some of that confidence stuff comes with your comfort with that choreographer so if you're not, say you, you either it's audition or you're, you haven't trained with that choreographer before, I think there's also that mindset of maybe a little bit more growth mindset of like, I know this is going to be hard. I know I haven't tried this person's style before, but that's okay. And it's, you know rather than going into it, and if it doesn't come as easy as you've been training with the same high school or college coach for the last you know four and eight years, so you are used to choreography coming easily. And then now you're with someone new and it suddenly is like, I can't do this. And that triggers that fixed mindset for dancers to want to shut down. But that's such a good to go into it. That learning mindset is a different shift. I love that.
1: Yeah. It's, it's taking a step back and understanding the style and what the story is being told for, especially when you're going to go into the pro space, you're going to deal with so many different choreographers and the, the music that, you know, are they doing it on the snares? Are they doing it on the bait? Like the way they choreographed the music is going to be different. So it's, it helps you when you go into the clean and set if you learn correctly. So when you go into cleaning with your team or setting with your team, you're not reprogramming and relearning the choreography in the way it was intended because you didn't take a moment to sit back and go, okay, what is this piece about? Like, is it hard hitting? Is it stylized? Is it straight arm jazz? Like you kind of, you need to take that moment. It's like easy as dancers for us to just jump in, but you need to take a mental moment to really think about, okay, how can I set myself up for success in the long run, not in this immediate future of just learning A counts, but in the long run, when I'm going to end up cleaning with my team and setting with my team so that we can kill this performance on a court or field.
2: And, and this is something that... So... In, in drafting out what Learn, Clean, Set, Clean, and Confident is going to be, we, Sabrina and I took everything that we had in our brains and we wanted to make it digestible for dancers to be able to utilize and be able to have this baseline of what it really takes to level up essentially. And so this has been a combination of our brains of however many years combined, It's 30, 40 plus years of us being in this space of dancing and how can we verbalize it? Like Chelsea, you said, like, this is an aha moment of how do I go into this learning session to best set myself up for success for the cleaning and the set for the performance that it's going to take. And I think it's, you don't know what you don't know. And if you come into it with an open mind of "I'm going to learn," "I'm going to just try to grow and improve even just one percent today in this setting," then you're setting yourself up for success.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the one percent rule. <laughs> that's always something I love to share <laughs> too. Um, and I I want to make sure we kind of end on something really actionable because that's I try to take all of my mindset stuff, and it can feel a little bit, um, you know, that sounds cool. What do I do? <laughs> so, will you share kind of an actual tip either for the dancers who might listen about who have this desire and dream to dance in the pro world and the educators out there who are trying to support their dancers along that, along that journey. Yeah.
2: For, um, for our aspiring pro dancers and even current pro dancers, I'm going to do a shameless plug of, we have a growth and gratitude journal that we created. That's a free resource for dancers to be able to utilize and it helps them focus on, uh like really targeted focus on what how do you want to show up better and in what space of your dancing do you want to do that and so we made we made them a blank calendar and we gave them options of you know facials performance execution levels what is the thing that you feel like you need to work on the most right now and block that into your calendar. Are you taking dance classes? Are you taking classes with us? And what are you then focusing on and just focus on that one thing? And you can even come into class with us and say like, Hey, I'm I'm working on my levels today. Can you make sure that don't yell at me for my facials because I'm not going to be doing them, but I'm really focusing on my levels. And we encourage dancers to really hone in on what they want to work on because they know themselves best. And if they don't, then it's that self-reflection of, can I look at what I'm currently doing and how I need to improve and really, really figure out and be self-honest of like, what do I need to work on right now? And then choose that to get you to where you want to go so you can continue leveling up in the many facets that are part of the pro dance world.
0: Yeah. Oh, the self-reflection piece is such a huge part of the life lessons we we're talking about what helps us like grow and be better. Learning this self reflection is such a big piece. Do I have to ask, do you use that journal with the Warriors or do you have something specific with your program? If you're willing to share,
2: um, we we just made it like in the beginning of December, and so no, they the, the dancers should use it though. Um, they're open to use it, but it, it the thing I think going back to misconceptions. Is once you're on the pro team, is is you have to be at that pro level and you have to show up like the professional. And it's no longer figuring out who you are. There is some time, but especially with an NBA schedule, it is sink or swim. You have to show up. You have to rise to the occasion, especially if you have like a heavy veteran team and you're a rookie and you need to be able to like really show face. Um, I think there's so much work that to know exactly what you need to work on, anyone can benefit from it whether you're on a pro dance team right now or if you're not at like that self-reflection point like Chelsea is just it helps you grow as a dancer so much to know what your weak spots are right what are your blind spots and then you can improve and, and get better on it. but again like you current dancers they they're, expected to be already at that professional level and so it, it it's almost like you have to find those outside resources to be able to grow even more once you're in it and like they should i, I believe like i personally believe and we believe that like growth is continuous and so one like you should still strive for it but those tools aren't going to be handed to you like they are when you're aspiring to be that, that pro dancer, if that makes
0: sense. Oh, I was hoping you would say that. That's like, yes, you got to do the work before, but then it doesn't stop.
1: Yeah. Well, and then we still, so that's like the pre, our growth and gratitude journals, like the pre-work prior to making a team, we still do mindset stuff with our teams because they are, we're hard on ourselves, even me as a coach. So after each routine, I will give them constructive feedback, but they'll powwow first after every routine and go, okay, what, what, what was your quick win? What did you do out on that court this time that made you feel proud? And it's, you have to have those proud moments. You have to cheer yourself on. So you're not constantly, you know, it's, it's a balance between direct feedback and also pride in what you're doing and appreciation of what you're doing and all the effort you've done. So we, it's just at a different level. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I would say for coaches and to both of yours point, it's, you have to continuously grow. You have to continuously look inside, because you cannot give to others. Like Amira has been a beautiful mentor in my life of like, I, I was just giving, giving, giving and getting burnt out. I've realized I can be a better mentor in this space if I give to myself. If I take moments in the morning to meditate, to write in my journal, to think clearly about how am I going to show up as a parent, a wife and a coach. How am I going to communicate today so it's effective? They're hearing me. um, It's real. And they can get a learning lesson, but they also can get pumped and know that they are loved and safe. So I think as a mentor, you have to check yourself all the time to make sure where is this coming from? How can I get better so that when I am influencing lives, I'm doing it in a positive way where they feel like they're safe and they're growing? and they're evolving as a team. And so I think whether you're the dancer getting into the space on the team or the mentor, it's constant work. It's constant work of showing up for yourself and for others, I would say is my tip or tool or or note out there that I've learned.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love that. Well, we can't leave without sharing how we can find you. Will you share more about how to learn about the Cultivate Code and learn about how you guys can support those dancers?
2: Yes. So we are actually hosting a three-day challenge that is going to be focused on the athlete mindset, ironically or not ironically, but that is just something that is so important to us and that we feel is is the whole, like almost like the holy grail and a through line for these dancers to be able to succeed. And so it's the cultivate confidence challenge. It will be a three-day challenge and it's the sixth, seventh, and ninth. The sixth will be a visualization that Sabrina and I will send out to all the dancers. The seventh is live and on Zoom, where dancers will actually be dancing with us and getting feedback. And then um, the ninth, they'll be submitting video because as athletes, you should watch film and mm-hmm. all all teams watch film. And so looking back at yourself getting your peers to give you feedback and then we'll also be giving feedback as well to our um our community and so free workshop for everyone to be able to partake in and then on february 15th we are relaunching lcs clean and confident which is our signature process of learn clean set that takes dancers from learning a routine to actually making it performance ready and being able to touch the routine multiple times. So it's not just a learn it and forget it type situation. And and that is emulating what is actually going on when you make it onto a pro pro team. And so giving them that firsthand experience. It is a completely self-paced program. They will have a few feedback sessions with with a coach, but it allows dancers to be able to Start with a baseline of what how we operate and the and some of the terminology like you mentioned earlier Chelsea of like this kind of closed door in the pro world of like what does it take and we' we're, we're putting our hard set on the line and all of our knowledge in our brain and we're we're bundling it up for for dancers to be able to come in with that baseline so then they can continue to work with us or other um, mentors in, in the future to kind of, have that solid foundation so then they can go further faster.
0: Oh, I love that. I will make sure. So, if you were listening when this goes live, I'll make sure the link to that free workshop is in the show notes. You can go check it out and
1: the Cultivate Code at any time. Yeah. And then our Instagram is the Cultivate Code. Um, and then cultivatecode.co is our website. So, join us. It's going to be a beautiful adventure. We want to help anyone that is, you know, wanting to jump into this space and, and build them up, ultimately, build them up. Yeah. Thank you both
0: so much for – what you're creating is so needed, and I'm so grateful And exactly what Amira just said. Like, you are opening doors that have felt shut before, that, you know, allowing any dancer of any background to be able to pursue this if they want and not just be who you know or who you have access to. Like, it's – I think it can change the game in allowing different types of dancers and different backgrounds and different – to decide if I want to be pro, I have – you know resources and somebody to support me on this journey. So, thank you for what you are creating and what you're putting out there and for spending your time with me today. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having us. We appreciate you for having us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely.